0: Find the game. in the top of the ninth inning. Well, a little while ago, when we mentioned uh, the fifth one uh, in typical fashion was going right to the wire, little did we know. Mark Diffard throws. Here's a swing and a high fly ball going deep. That's
1: what they do it. Back to the
0: long-term guy. It is over. the us hold on the title. Well, series. Pittsburgh Pirates by a score of 10 to nothing. Once again, that final score, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the 1960 world champions, defeat the New York Yankees The Pirates 10 and the Yankees 9. It is all over in one of the most dramatic finishes on history. Bill Mazeroski has hit his second World Series home run over the left field barrier, 460 away, and the Pirates are the 1960 world champions of baseball.
1: In 1960, Bill Mazarowski hit potentially the biggest home run in World Series history with his walk-off, game-winning home run against the Yankees to win the series for the Pirates. This play alone is probably the most important play, obviously, of Lee's career, but it might even, you know, expand past that and have ramifications for how he's looked at as a player. And I think really what we wanted to kind of talk about here today is Are there players in the Hall of Fame where one game, one performance, one moment made the difference on whether or not they got into the Hall of Fame? And when you look at a guy like Bill Mazurowski, I mean, I'm
0: inclined to say yes. And it really shouldn't be. Right? I mean, you, you think about it, if you add up a whole guy's career, could one play make the difference between you being a Hall of Fame? How could that be? One at bat, one strikeout. But in the case of Mazeroski, I think it's true also.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's not that like the rest of their career wasn't good enough to get there. It wasn't like Bill Mazeroski had bad numbers. But the issue is when you look at his career numbers, nothing really. I mean, he was a two sixty eight hitter who had 138 home runs. He had runs. eight
0: gold gloves.
1: Yeah, but like there are plenty of guys with a lot of gold gloves, but those offensive statistics are... If But one of those 138
0: home runs was the most important home run in World Series history up until Joe Carter. Context is important here, though. So in 1960, the Yankees were the powerful team still, and the Pirates were this upstart team. They got throttled in that World Series, outscored 55 to 27. So when Mazeroski comes up, he hit, what, you know, 11 home runs in his whole career or something like that. 138. Oh, sorry. 11 home runs that season. My mistake, my mistake. And, you know, he comes up in the bottom of the ninth and hits a game-winning walk off home run over Yogi Berra's head, the the everything came to, for the Pirate fans, that was the first time they won the World Series in a really, really long time. So it meant a lot more than it might seem when you look at it from a lens of 60 years.
1: Right, but still, regardless, that moment can mean as much as it means, without it meaning Bill Mazarowski deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, based on the culmination of his career statistics. There is no doubt that is one of the greatest
0: moments in postseason baseball history. Well, a walk-off home run on the bottom. There's only, there's only been two walk-off home runs in the history of the World Series.
1: Exactly. Every kid is out there when they're playing baseball in their backyard dreaming of hitting the Game 7 okay. walk-off home run. Bill Nazarowski actually did it. So, you know, that has to count for something but does it mean it should count for you to be a Hall of Famer?
0: Well, and, and I, I think you'd contend that you know perhaps it's not even the greatest Game 7 of them all, yet Major League Baseball rated it number one out of all the Game 7s.
1: Granted, yeah, I think I would argue that the, the, the Cubs-Indians World Series from a couple of years back would surpass that, but still, even if it was, I mean, nobody's arguing that
0: Rajai Davis should be a, a, a Hall of Famer because he hit that home run. Yeah. Absolutely. So would you, would you argue that Mazeroski's home run made the difference in his career? making the whole thing,
1: I think I have to argue with that, that because I can't see how he would get in without that play. I, don't, I think it would be very hard for a lot of people to make that argument that sans him hitting that game-winning home run, he would be in the conversation when guys like Bobby Grish and Lou Whitaker aren't in the Hall of Fame, and he is, even though his career statistics don't even come close to there.
0: Right, 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 right. And their careers are much better and didn't have that one shining moment.
1: He had, the, he had the moment, but it's not like there aren't guys that had that moment that you know what it probably did help them and it should have. Like you had Jack Morris.
0: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that game, that game seven, one nothing, ten inning complete game. That's crazy stuff.
1: And, and and that was the reason I think that put him over the edge. And sometimes that's that also makes sense. That's also what's right because his career numbers were
0: really good, and he had that stretch of like six or seven seasons where he was. Dominant. Right, right. He gets the, the Jay Jaffe checkbox there for having that sustained period of excellence or whatnot. But
1: when you have that one moment in, the 90, in that World Series where you carry your team, especially in a Game 7, with a complete game shutout, I think that's important. It's not just a complete game.
0: So you'd say that it should have made the difference, and it did make the difference in his case.
1: I think it was definitely a contributing mm. factor. I mm. think there are more arguments for Morris being in the Hall of Fame if you don't count that performance as something extra, then Mazarowski.
0: So without it, maybe. Without it, maybe.
1: With it, I think that really helped it.
0: So how about guys um, like, oh, you mentioned him before, right? You know, had the other guy who had the walk-off home run in the, in the sixth game of the World Series, Joe Carter. And when you look at Joe Carter's number, what's interesting is I didn't realize he had as much power. In right, the game. right, he was a power hitter. That,
1: that he had almost 400 career home runs. That's... Not insignificant. At a time when
0: getting to 400 meant more than it did after Maguire and Bonds. But and stuff. he was also a career 259 hitter. And three players. Three players under 260 in the Hall of Fame. And his war is 19.6, yeah. which to me probably means he was not the
1: best fielder, to yeah. put it lightly. That perfectly. would
0: be probably Considering
1: true. Considering his career numbers were pretty good and his on-base wasn't awful given his average.
0: But... He also hit was the other game winning game seven home run in World Series. Touch him all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run. Was the call? Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the great so, moments.
1: So I think for him, it's more the case of, unlike Jack Morris, he didn't have enough of the career before that moment to really have that one moment bolster him in there.
0: Now, now here's something to remember with the Joe Carter thing. The Blue Jays won the World Series in 92, and then Carter hits the home run in 93, and in 94 is a strike year. So the Blue Jays were actually champion for an extra year before in 1995. And
1: unlike, you almost think, unlike Mazarowski, they had been winning before that home run. Right, right. So unlike Mazarowski who was bringing the Pirates their first championship, Carter was already doing it for the best team in baseball, essentially. So it's a little less meaningful because of that. For no fault of his own, really, what are you going to penalize the guy for playing on a good
0: team? I don't think you'll get any Blue Jay fans to agree with you there on that one, though. They, they revere that home run. Oh. Like, Joe Carter is a saint in I'm not, And I'm not
1: saying that wasn't an unbelievable home run. I'm just saying that that home run, in terms of the legacy for his career, doesn't have the same mystique about it that mm. the, the Bazarowski does because it wasn't their first championship.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Not, they weren't beating the evil empire in the Yankees. So so, what happens then if it's not a home run, but it's a big hit? Does it have to be a home run in order to be career-changing?
1: I mean, you, Luis Gonzalez. I, I, if you're talking about him, he even beat the evil empire
0: in the Yankees. He
1: beat the greatest closer to ever play in Mariano Rivera. But it was a soft line drive single to center field.
0: Well, Luis Gonzalez is not in the Hall of Fame, um, yet his career statistics are, they surprise me, actually.
1: You, you wouldn't have, you don't, you forget the 57 home run right. season. He was, he had a little bit
0: less home runs than Joe Carter, but he also hit 283. A career war of 51-7 over, over 18 years, that's right there. He's, right. He's in the conversation. He's in the conversation, but the soft line drive single isn't So if it's a home run, maybe Luis Gonzalez is in the hall of fame, but it's a soft single – even if it's off Rivera, it's not the same. It's just not as (laughs) indelible a moment. It's still an unbelievable baseball moment, but it's not the kind of things
1: that lionize you in the eyes of the, the baseball writers who are voting you in to the same degree that I think a home
0: run does. And, and you have to remember our premise here, right, because we both feel there's room for some more people. So we can look at these Friends guys and go, you know, should they get another look? You know, should they be considered in a way that maybe they haven't been when and, it was And I time? think actually
1: Luis Gonzalez is probably a guy that should, be, yeah. should have been more strongly considered when you look at the career that he put together. At the same time, I think for him, there's a lot of years where he didn't do much, especially early in his career. It wasn't start until he headed to Arizona that he really started to become a— much more dominant type player compared to his early years with Houston and, and Chicago. He just, he
0: just seemed to be a better hitter, you're right, when he got to Arizona, like he figured something out.
1: <laughs> yeah, like really, if you look at his career, he, he had never hit 300 this season before he goes to Arizona in 99 and hits 336. Mm And then he hits 300 for the next, like, three or four seasons.
0: Yeah, well, some guys, you know, do come around and figure it out later in their career and become better players. Exactly. At age 31, he put it together. (laughs) So a guy that I uh, remember growing up uh, around this area and was a pitcher for a short while for the Mets... Um, and had a, an epic Game 7 um, uh, where he pitched a complete game, uh, a 6-2 victory for the Minnesota Twins in 1987. It's Frank Viola. Uh, he is not in the Hall of Fame. And for a number of years, Frank Viola had what would be considered, you know, statistics that would be up there with the very best pitchers in the game. He, he won a Cy Young, um, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. And I, I think I, we talked about this, uh, you know, at one point off air, and you said, well, he's got to pitch a shutout.
1: I mean, he does. I mean, when you look that's the difference I think between him and Morris, because him and Morris have
0: pretty similar numbers when you look at
1: their careers. They both won a Cy Young, they both won a World Series, they have similar career wars, even number of wins in ERA. But Morris threw a complete game shutout and game seven of the World Series to win one nothing. The only what went six
0: two. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have the same esteem. I, I laugh, so Gonzalez has got to hit a homer, and, uh, and Viola's got to pitch a shutout. And then they're at a, in a closer way to have a conversation about them actually being in the Hall of Fame on one play. Yes. Or one game.
1: Because well, the, the play has to be that much more. If you're going to argue that this one play is the reason why you kind of deserve to be in the Hall of Fame over your peers who might have similar career
0: numbers, it's got to be a hell of a play. Okay. Okay. So there are other guys in their famous plays in baseball who had shining moments uh, that are Hall of Fame worthy, but that their careers, maybe it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Uh, the first guy, uh, and, and I'm sure you've seen this clip, uh, is Carlton Fisk. Oh,
1: yeah, jumping, trying to wave the ball. Yeah, yeah the
0: crazy clip, right? Yeah. It's just one of, the, one of the most fun things. But, you know, Carlton Fisk is a Hall of Famer, independent of that play. That play did not put him in the Hall of Fame, not even close, yeah, I think.
1: Exactly. Like you could erase that play from his career, and Carlton Fisk is still a Hall of Famer. That's the thing. Like, there are some guys that are like that, where that's the difference between him and Mazurowski. If you erase the home run from Mazurowski's career— it gets a lot harder for him to make the argument that, on the basis of his career alone, without that play, he's a Hall of Famer. He's pretty much
0: standing on his 8 gold gloves. Exactly. That's basically where he is. And 8 gold gloves, is that enough to get you in the Hall of Fame? It didn't work for Edmonds. I don't know. And Edmonds was a much better offensive <laughs> no, no, player. I agree with you 100% on and, and that. And so I
1: think when you look at a guy like Carlton Fisk, everything backs up. He's in the Hall of Fame, even if he doesn't have that play. And now, I think the same as the next guy. Yeah. The next guy I'm going to bring up, Bob Gibson. Huh. I mean, one nothing. Hits the home run.
0: Seventh game. Seventh game. World Series. World Series. (laughs) And hits hits a home run.
1: Yeah. Like, what, what, do you want to, what, what more do you want to do? Complete game, shutout, dominates. and, and there's... You,
0: you will not, I don't might, think it was a one nothing game, but I think he hit wrong a home run. Yeah, but
1: yeah. regardless, I don't think there's a baseball fan on earth that's going to argue that Bob Gibson doesn't deserve, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: I read something recently about about Gibson and uh, how his, I guess, his last at-bat, he gave up a home run to a guy named Pete LeCocq. Um, and in <laughs> an old-timers game, 15 years later, LeCocq steps into the box Gibson drills him in the back with a fastball. Just
1: love. That. <laughs> no, no way he's going to forget that. You know, no, no, no. There's a the guy no who would
0: knock his own mother down if she was standing too close over the plate. Yeah,
1: if you hit a home run, he's going to remember that. Fifteen years later, he's going to pay
0: you back for that. So, um, a guy that I, I'd like—I don't know how much you know about him, but he, obviously, Hall of Famer, Raleigh Fingers. Had a, a a great game seven, I guess if you think of it in the time three and a third relief innings against the Mets uh, in the seventh game of the 1973 World Series. That's why you remember it. <laughs> That's why. Uh, not the truth. But he also had what 340 career saves and was really the first that I remember, like relief pitcher who made a you know made, like being a relief pitcher was cool. He, he won the MVP you know, uh, or whatnot. And and so I think he would have been in the Hall of Fame independent of, and, and it's not that dynamic other than three and a third innings today for a relief pitcher. If a guy went and did that today, well, except well, for Madison Yeah, Bum-Garner. exactly. That's what I'm gonna, no. uh, you, you
1: cut me off before I brought it up, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see at the end of Madison Bumgarner's
0: career. Now, I don't know his career numbers. So I really don't know. Well, they're good. I, without looking at them at all, I would say that, He has to have maybe another couple of good seasons, but he's right there. He's right there. It's an interesting premise of, will that Game 7 performance against the
1: Royals make the difference for him in the long run, where you're going to look back and say, that was one of the gutsiest playoff performances we've ever seen. And this guy was so good that, yeah, he kind of deserves to be there because of that.
0: And, and Red Sox fans, yeah, we know Chris Sale came in and finished the game, too, but it wasn't like Bum Gardner's performance in that particular No, there,
1: game. there was something more magical about it. And Bum it was Gardner. longer. Like, Bumgarner yeah. pitched multiple so like The wins. whole game itself. Yeah, way. like five or six in, innings or he something. He came in early, and he was in there for a while, and nobody really expected him to be pitching. That's what made it more
0: impressive. So we've covered guys where it made the difference. We covered a guy in uh, Jack Morris where it should have made a difference, and it did, that he yes. had this game. We covered where it could have made a difference in the Joe Carter case or Luis Gonzalez and Viola uh, or this situation where it didn't make a difference with Fisk, uh, Gibson, and Fingers. But what about situations where it was it was a great game seven, it's not enough, and that's what it should be? Been I, I, the I think gonna,
1: there's always going to be
0: guys like that because there's always a chance that in a single game
1: some guy pops off and has an unbelievable performance. But you're never going to argue that that
0: one game, that one performance means that guy should be all of them. I mean, he had to be pretty good to begin with to even have the conversation. I'm not talking about a guy like, you know, Al Weiss in the Mets who never did anything and had one World Series. It doesn't matter. Right,
1: but still, if you're in the game in game seven of a World Series, you have a chance to be a hero even
0: if the rest of your career isn't anything that special. So guys like, um, there's a few guys in this that come to mind. Johnny Padres, so he was... I'm guessing he did not pay for the Padres. And That was a P-O-D, Padres. Uh, he pitched a complete game shutout in the 1955 World Series. He's not in the Hall of Fame, and he had a pretty mediocre career, but that particular World Series is important to Dodger fans because the Dodgers would lose every year to the Yankees, every year. And the wait-till-next-year thing came out of the Dodgers, and they must have lost uh, four or five World Series to the Yankees from the mid-'40s to the 1950s. Could never win. This was the year. So they were like the Bills of the NFL. They were like the Bills. They actually won. Oh, that's important. So they won that 1955 Series. So at the time, it was a bigger thing, and Padres probably got a lot of you know notoriety for this, because it's New York area, or whatnot, but it wasn't enough to push him over. Shouldn't have been. Yeah, to push mean, the him guy over. had 29 career
1: war in 15 seasons. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you know that one nice was, pitcher, nice pitcher, but he's not a Hall of Famer. So a guy um, that you might know from reputation, but obviously didn't see him play. Uh, Gene Tennis was a catcher for the A's uh, in the 1970s and had an epic World Series. An epic World Series. An epic World Series. hit uh, four home runs uh, in the World Series, including the go-ahead double in the, in the sixth inning of Game 7. So he had a 47 war. So I, I never really thought of him as a Hall of Famer, but as a catcher as a now... As catcher,
1: you, you actually could start making the argument right. that like, maybe this guy kind of does
0: deserve to be... And there's a dearth of catchers in the, in, the, in the Hall of Fame. For whatever reason, there's a bit of a catcher bias or Anti-catcher bias,
1: but I, I almost wonder when you look at his career, guy was a two forty hitter.
0: Yeah, that's not two sixty, folks. That's two forty. I don't know how I. Argue and for and that. so yeah. I
1: wonder when you look at the fact that he was playing back in what the six, the late, the, his first year season was sixty nine, but he really didn't start playing until the mid seventies. So in the, he was playing in the mid seventies into the early eighties. Is the fact that he had forty six WAR more a function of catchers back then just weren't that great, and so the fact that he was better-than-average elevated his ward Well But we
0: talk about that you, you compare it to your peers, to the guys you played against, and if you're playing with a bunch of less-than-great catchers, let's be charitable here, um, and you were among the better of those not-so-great catchers... It counts. Yeah, and especially because he was hitting with power that most catchers weren't hitting Definitely, definitely. He almost had a 30-home run season back in 75. Catchers banning cleanup you know, were a rarity. I think Johnny Bench uh, and Gary Carter are the only two that really come to mind in, you know, in, in my memory where they batted cleanup all the time, and that was pretty unusual. Catchers And didn't I, and I think
1: it's also just tough to say that a guy that was a one-time All-Star and
0: never really led the league in anything other than walks a couple times is a Hall of Famer. Uh, another guy who had an, a, an amazing World Series uh, in 1968 for the Detroit Tigers uh, is Mickey Lolich, uh, a big, let's say, heavy-set lefty, uh, will be nice. Um, it was a year in 1968, uh, an important year uh, because Denny McLain won 31 for the Tigers. So now you have the other guy, Lolich, on the team, win three games in the World Series. Uh, And the next year was the year that they lowered the mound, because that was the year in 1968 of the pitcher. The pitchers were dominating the hitters so much that Major League Baseball decided to shave a little bit off the mound, a couple of inches. A couple of inches? Okay, and so that changes the angle of the fastball. Bob Gibson, that season in '68 had pitched to a 1.12 season ERA. I don't think that's ever happened. No, it'll never happen again. It'll never happen again because they changed. So Mickey Lowich coming out of nowhere and winning three games, but then I went and looked at his career. He had a better career than I thought, and so the argument is, does that game put him in? I don't think so, but his career wore 48 and 16 seasons? When you look at his career, he's definitely somebody that I think would be closer than both Padres and mm-hmm. Tenass. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, yeah.
1: like yeah. You because know, when you look at his work, he's actually pretty good.
0: Right. I I think of the, uh, and there's one other guy I'll throw in there, uh, is Lou Burdett of the Milwaukee Braves in 1957, won three games against the Yankees. And and you can't estimate how important it is that you beat the Yankees because they were such winners at that time that beating them was more meaningful to teams than you might have expected. Yeah, you have to increase the value because you're beating the Yankees, and especially
1: the collection of players that they had at the time. You were essentially competing at the Hall of Fame team
0: on its own right. Yeah, like. Absolutely, and and so Burdett, you know, pitched a complete game, shut out in Game 7, just like you want. Exactly, gives you more than viola. Okay, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. Pitched for eighteen years, and when you look at the stats, I mean, he didn't strike out three hundred and eight guys in a season. Yeah, but the, the career stats just—you know—I think the last seven years of his career were really bad comparatively to the to the beginning. And you, you can't have that long a period of and not I was being wrong. Great. That was Mickey Lolich that struck out three hundred
1: and eight guys. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I don't think. Burdett ever struck out
0: more than. He wasn't a strikeout pitcher, as I re, you know, remember reading. So. No, yeah, he did not strike out that much. In any event, the, the argument there is that Burdett, his great game seven shut out, he did all that, won three games in the World Series, great performance, not enough. Not enough, no.
1: And so I think when you're, we're all done with this, I think one of the more interesting concepts is right now there are players, managers, and owners in the Hall of Fame. And umpires? Are umpires in the Hall of Fame? There are umpires in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, so you, you get yes. those four things but only those four things. I think you could make the argument that the Baseball Hall of Fame should be celebrating more than just the people, but the indelible moments of baseball. And I think there are definitely single plays, single moments that should be enshrined there because what they mean to the fabric of baseball and, and the
0: tapestry of the story and the history. Not, not only the moments, I think that the, the players associated with those moments to give them sort of a, uh, a, a sort of a place in the Hall of Fame that they might not have had otherwise. There are, if you walk through the Hall of Fame, I've done it, there are monuments to different things that have happened through the game over the years. But I think
1: there's These, something right about
0: enshrining
1: certain moments, both good bad and infamous, because there are certainly plays in my mind that, you know, you wouldn't call that a good play in the realm of baseball, but you kind of have
0: to have it in there. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be a playoff game. It doesn't have to be a World Series game. It could be something that happened in the regular season. But it's something
1: that Every baseball fan that's a crazy baseball fan, or even not necessarily a baseball but somebody just loves the game will have at least heard of these moments and, or, or seen them at some point in their life. And I feel like anything that gets passed down through the ages like that deserves to be mentioned. That'll be a fun topic. We'll do that next time. Yeah.